Birkbeck Voices, a monthly podcast with the latest news and research from Birkbeck, University of London. I'm Bryony Merritt. This month's podcast was recorded at an event to unveil a new portrait of Birkbeck's former president, Professor Eric Hobsbawm. Professor Hobsbawm joined Birkbeck's Department of History in 1947. This was to be the start of a lifelong association with the college. He became professor in 1970 and Emeritus Professor of History in 1982. In 2002, he was made President of the College. He remained President until his death in 2012. As a historian, Hobsbawm's international impact was unrivalled. He inspired generations of scholars and helped shape and define debates about modern history through his writing and teachings. His best-known works include the trilogy about the long 19th century, the Age of Revolution, the Age of Capital and the Age of Empire. Following Professor Hobsbawm's death in 2012, his family worked with his former colleagues at Birkbeck to develop a postgraduate memorial scholarship fund. Social inequality is currently a feature of postgraduate study in the UK and was something about which Eric felt strongly. The fund will encourage the next generation of talented historians by removing financial barriers to study and opening up access to Birkbeck's world-class postgraduate study and research opportunities. The scholarships will ensure that talent is not constrained by inability to pay. On the 11th of November, the college unveiled a portrait of Professor Hobsbawm, loaned to the college by his daughter, Julia, to mark the new Hobsbawm scholarships and to give donors to the fund the opportunity to meet the first scholars. I spoke to one of the first Hobsbawm scholars, Fabio Antonini, a third year PhD student, to find out what difference the scholarship has made to him. Could you tell us about what you're researching for your PhD thesis? Sure. Um, so my research essentially focuses on the uh, relationship between historians and archives in early modern Venice. Uh, it looks at perhaps some of the earliest examples of historical research and uh, documentary erudition in a time before the historical profession existed, so to speak, um, at a time when historians were more uh, literary experts than experts in the past. So it's looking behind the scenes of some of these great works of uh, Venetian historiography. And what difference has the Hobsbawm scholarship made to you this year? Well, it's, it's been a, a fantastic uh, resource to me uh, in order to travel and do more fieldwork out in Venice. As you can imagine from the, the title of the thesis, the majority of the material I need uh, is abroad. Um, and so this summer I spent about uh, three and a half months out in uh, residence in Venice working in the archives and collecting material. Um, the, the, Financial support I received from the Hobsbawm Scholarship was absolutely crucial in enabling that to happen and, and to be out there for as long as I was. So it's yes, it's been a, a huge help. Great. And Professor Hobsbawm's research has been hugely influential in the study of modern history and in shaping Birkbeck's own history department. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what the culture of research is within the department at Birkbeck today? Well, the culture of research within the department is. When I first came here, it was it was sort of a sort of very uh, vibrant and com- uh, supportive research community, um, which has a fantastic number of links with other historical institutions around London and beyond, and of course being in Bloomsbury, the heart of so many uh, crucial resources. Um, and and during the time I've been here, it's uh, there's been fantastic opportunities to uh, meet other students and to discuss a bit of uh, research, which covers such a wide geographical scope as well as such a wide uh, chronological scope um, and I think funds such as the Hosborn Fund allow people to go out and do 
fantastic international research and come back here and enrich the discussions of uh, ongoing work and um, research methods. Brilliant. Thank you so much for talking to us. No problem. Thank you. I also asked two supporters of the fund who knew Eric personally what they thought he would have made of the scholarship fund. I'm Howard Francis. I'm the Member of Parliament uh, for Aberavon and I've known uh, Eric for over 40 years. Uh, We have many things in common, uh, mainly uh, in the adult education world, but also politically. Uh, we were both communists. We were both um, members of the uh, editorial board of Marxism Today in the 1980s. But Eric was the, one of these quintessential people that really, when you gave a lecture, you were having a conversation with uh, the students. And I'm very proud to have known Eric and to be associated uh, with uh, this evening and the fellows that I've met. And uh, Eric would have been very, very engaged with them because he would have been not only proud of the fact that his friends and colleagues have supported this, but I'm sure that he would have been interested and would have engaged with all of them, with all their vastly different topics. And he would have been proud of that. And it's typical of Eric that he had this enormous range uh, in his his writings. Roderick Flood. I was Professor of Modern History here um, from 1975 to 1988 and therefore worked extremely closely with Eric. It was the best time of my academic life in many ways, most ways. Teaching with him was um, a tremendous experience. He was really uh, you know, a very, very inspirational teacher and the students loved it. Um, and uh, so it was, as I say, a great time. Wonderful. Mm. And now you're a supporter of the Hobsbawm Scholarship. Yes, and, of course. Um, and what do you think Eric would have made this evening? And you've met oh, some I of think, the students. Yes, he would have been very pleased. Um, and I think uh, David was quite right. This was exactly what he would have wanted, not a, not a plaque or a building or a... A staircase or something, but, um, but actual support for students. Um, and uh, no, I think he would have been delighted. Regarding the portrait itself, I asked Professor Hobsbawm's daughter, Julia Hobsbawm, about the painting and why she decided to loan the portrait to Birkbeck. It's such a lively, vivid, alive, colourful painting. It's not a sombre, traditional, um, po-faced academic portrait. Um, so sort of two things came together one was it was a way of supporting Birkbeck who was supporting with the donors help the scholarships and it was another way of of also um, giving a very vivid portrait of my father on long loan to Birkbeck which he loved very much Great, and presumably he sat for the portrait, did he? He did, but he couldn't remember much about it. It I mean he had forgotten he'd sat for the portrait even though the portrait... He encapsulates so much about him. There's a, he's he's sitting in front of a port, a picture a globe. He's sitting in front of the world, and he was such a worldly guy. He and he has an enormous briefcase in front of him, and he always had a million papers stuffed into this brown briefcase. And he's looking 
with 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 a look that for people who knew him was familiar which is not exactly cross-eyed but a very earnest look with sort of both eyes popping out in different directions it's a it's a sort of modernist painting mm. but he doesn't remember sitting in one go for it at all it's interesting and do you know what he thought of the painting when when you bought it to his attention I don't actually think he was crazy I don't think he was crazy about the painting but I think that's because his taste you know was for Indian miniatures and for a finer kind of art Mm. than modern art Um, he liked etchings and drawings and uh, you know he loved Edgar Degas for example and this is a very in your face modern painting Um, but I think for anybody who knew him it does convey what a what an unusual and lively and sort of jazzy figure he was. Yeah, well, thank you for that. That's a really lovely verbal portrait of your father that you've given us there. My pleasure. And finally, for this month's podcast, Professor David Latchman, Master of Birkbeck, explains why Professor Hobsbawm is such an important figure in the college's history. Well, I think it's about his unique service to the college and for over 60 years as an academic as a public intellectual promoting Birkbeck and more recently as president. And we have commemorated in the council room a number of different people associated with Birkbeck and he has obviously a very prominent place in that history and therefore it's very appropriate he should be in the council room as well. Indeed. And um, we're also marking the the first year of the Hobsbawm Scholarships. And can you tell us about how the college is is working to make postgraduate study available to people that can benefit from it and open access to postgraduate study? Yes, I think postgraduate study is particularly important now and very often there's something that it's more difficult for donors to appreciate the importance of compared to undergraduate study. So we're delighted that the Hobsbawm family decided that they wanted to focus this appeal onto postgraduate students and to support postgraduate students studying history so that they can follow on in the path that Eric uh, trod in his lifetime. That's all for this month's podcast. To find out more about the Hobsbawm Scholarships, visit www.bbk.ac.uk forward slash Hobsbawm hyphen scholarships. To view the portrait of Professor Hobsbawm, visit www.bbk.ac.uk forward slash Hobsbawm hyphen portrait. Thank you.